Thank you for joining us on our podcast for Faith Center Church. We hope today's message builds you up and brings you hope right where you're at. Hope you enjoyed the message. Praise God. Thank you, praise team. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I know you can watch on live, but man, nothing like when you're here live, especially as a minister. I just want to say that. And, and I mean, we need you here when you can be here. We understand when you can't. But man, I just acknowledge that. I praise God that you're here. Okay, so today's title, today's message is Undivided. And I've got, there we go. Undivided. And I know what you're probably thinking because I had the same thought too. Really, God? You want me to preach on undivided? Because in the natural, it does not line up with where we are as a nation. It doesn't line up. We are more divided now than ever. There's more division among us now than ever. But we must know this as the church. In the spirit, we are undivided. As the church, we are undivided. No matter if the world around us is divided. And I'm learning this, that what I see, hear this, in the natural is opposite of what's taking place in the spirit. Now, I want you to hear that. This is why God tells us we've got to fix our eyes on the unseen which is in the spiritual realm, the unseen. I can't see the spirit, but I got to fix my eyes on the unseen and not what I can see in the natural because what I see in the natural is division, separation, evil. It doesn't look good, but God says you got to keep your eyes on the unseen. And when you do, you're able to call things not as though they were. And that's what we're held accountable to do. Amen. Even if the world around us is in division, doesn't mean the church will be. See, this is our grand opportunity to be more undivided now than ever. In fact, it's our responsibility. It is our obligation. Stay undivided. Don't get caught up in the division. That's what the enemy wants. Stay undivided. The only way we can stay undivided is by giving God our undivided attention. And as I give you my undivided attention, I don't get caught up in the division. I pay no attention to it. I don't give it my attention. I don't give it my focus. I don't give it my mind. Church, we got to stay undivided. Undivided means this. Not divided. Not separated. It's very simple. I was trying to get more out of the Webster's Dictionary, just one there. Not divided, not separated, not broken into parts. If you will, if you have your Bible app, turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 3. And we're going to read 16 through 28. And this passage right here will set up this whole message. This is where this message generated from. In fact, God gave me this passage. He began to have me study it about three to four months ago. As I'm studying it, I got something totally different than this week, and it took a big shift. But I pray that you trust the God in me. Amen. I fear him more than I fear man. 
I understand people may watch me, people may listen to me, and I might get some persecution. That's okay. I got to preach what God says. Amen. Amen. So let's read this passage. Now, two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, pardon me, my Lord, this woman and I live in the same house. I want you to really catch that. This woman and I live in the same house. And I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one in the house but the two of us. During the night, this woman's son died because she laid on him. So she got up in the middle of the night and she took my son from my side while I slept. She then put him by her breast and put her dead son by my breast. The next morning, I got up to nurse my son and he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't the son I had born. And then the other woman spoke up. Now, let me just stop right there. Anytime you got a woman in your life and she's called the other woman, it ain't good. It's not good. You might want to keep that other woman out of your house. So the other woman spoke up and said, no, the living one is my son and the dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, no, the dead one is yours. The living one is mine. And they argued before the king. So the king said, so this one says, my son is alive and your son is dead. While that one says, no, your son is dead, mine is alive. Are you confused? Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king. And then he gave an order, cut the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. And the woman whose son was alive was deeply moved out of love for her son and said to the king, please, my Lord, give her the living baby. Do not kill him. But the other woman said, neither I nor you shall have him. Go ahead and cut him in two. Then the king gave his ruling, give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him for she is the real mom. As morbid, as barbaric, as gross as this passage sounds to think that they would cut the baby in half. It's happening right now. In America, in our culture, babies are being cut, separated, divided, and killed. And there is a mentality, a spirit that says, if I can't have it, neither can you. I don't have to give it up for adoption. I don't have to carry it. Hmm. Lucifer and God were in the same house at the beginning. In the heavenlies. And all of a sudden, Lucifer wanted all the attention. All of a sudden, Lucifer wasn't giving God his undivided attention. But now I want the attention. Now I want the glory. Now I want to be who you are, God. And we know the rest of the story. He got kicked out of heaven. And I'm telling you right now, ever since then, since I can't have it, since I can't be it, neither can you. 
He doesn't want you to get what God has for you. He doesn't want you to become who God wants you to become. Right now, this is what I heard the Lord say. There is a custody battle going on in the spirit. And the enemy is trying to take your baby. The enemy is trying to take your ministry. He's trying to take your family. He's trying to take what he could have been in the heavenlies, but he chose not to be. And I sense that some of you only have part of the healing, but not all the healing. You only got half of the blessing, but not all of the blessing. Come on. You got part prosperity, but not full wealth. You got part of the plan of God. You're part way in the destiny. You're part of the purpose of God. But we're not all the way in the purpose of God. I don't serve a halfway God. I don't serve a part-time God. Some of us only are half in the will of God, but not all in the will of God. Are you hearing me? Hear this. God is a full-time God. There's no halfway with God. He doesn't halfway do things. He will not give you just half of the blessing, half of the healing, half of the anointing. But there is a real enemy out there that wants to take half of it away from you and kill it and destroy it. Even right now, there is division and separation that's come through COVID. It's divided us. It has separated us. Half of the body of Christ gets to be in the church, while other the half has to stay homebound. Do you see the separation? Do you see where the enemy is dividing us and half of this and half of that? Half of us can't even go to our child's sporting event. We have to stay in the car. Are you getting this? Do you see what's happening? And I hear the Lord say, some of us, we're in quarantine spiritually we got to get out of it because my God's not quarantined and even if you're in quarantine you got to get out of it and you got to go to the king you got to seek his face again don't get caught up in the division amen I want you to see in Cain something that is very important there is a correlation between the two babies and what they represent one baby is dead while the other is being threatened. However, all of this could have been prevented had the two women not lived together in the same house. It's very crucial who you allow into your house, especially after you've delivered the very thing God put in you, especially when it's in its infant stage. And understand, I'm not really talking about a physical baby, right? You get this. Baby represents life. Baby represents birth. Some of you are about to give birth to a dream that's been down on the inside of you for a long, long time. And when you do, you must be selective as to who you allow into your house. They could rob your baby and replace it with what is dead. Their dead thing. Their dead vision. Their dead ministry. Come on. In the spirit, baby represents a ministry, a gift, a calling, a new beginning, a new delivery. Jesus came through delivery. Jesus came through birth as a baby, as an infant. Why didn't God put him on this earth like Adam and Eve, full-grown adult? Think about it. But as a baby... 
See, all through the word, you can look at the history. There were constantly attacks on the babies. Wanted them dead, threatening them, and still to this day, here we are. And so if there's such an attack on America and our unborn babies, how much more is there an attack on you and what you're carrying on the inside of you? Hear that. Because the enemy wants to rob, kill, steal, and destroy your dream, your vision, your destiny, your calling, your child, your marriage, and your freedom. We got to do what Mary did. Because when she was carrying Jesus, she could not deliver that baby in her own hometown. She could not deliver that baby in her house. She had to go to a different place, a different space, a different location to deliver him, to protect him, and keep him alive. And it was in a stable. And I heard the Lord say, some of you are so pregnant, you are past due. And you're miserable. And you have this perspective and this attitude like, well, God, things aren't stable right now, though. Life isn't stable. I I can't be who you want me to be yet. I'm going to tell you something right now. If you're waiting for us to get stable in the natural, you're going to go ahead and keep that thing inside of you. Because here's the reality. Guys, life could never get stable. It may never get stable again. Do, Do you understand that? And, and, and so I believe that some of us are like, well, surely not now, God. Look at where I'm at. I'm not where I want to be. I'm not equipped. I'm not qualified enough. I'm not ready. I'm not capable. No, you're not. But greater is he who's in you than he that is in this world. But God, I don't, I, I, I'm not where I want to be. Neither was Mary when she delivered Jesus. There's no mother that wants to deliver a baby in a stable, in a barn with some stanky animals. There was no room in the inn. Hear this. What determines whether or not my baby lives or dies is what house I deliver it in. And who's in the house with me when I do. Your dream, your desire, your destiny all depends on who's with you in that house. Whether it thrives or whether it dies. Well, Kimmy, what house are you talking about? I'm talking about the house, the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about you. You are the house. You house the Lord. You house the Holy Spirit. What voice are we listening to in the house? Is it the voice of fear? Is fear dividing you? Is fear separating you from being all you could be for the Lord? Is it fear? Distracting you. Don't post that. Don't blog that. Don't write that book. Don't you preach that. Oh, you, don't, you won't stay clear of that. Don't, don't become that. There's so many others that already are. God don't need you. Is it the fear? Don't set yourself up for failure. Just stay comfortable. Come on. What voice, what connections are being made in the house? What influences, what images are we viewing, are we seeing? See, what we allow in the house has a lasting effect, not on, whoops, not on just us, but the generations coming up before us. Hear that. Listen to this. The two prostitutes' babies represented two generations. Really hear this. One generation was killed. 
And because one generation was killed, now the other generation has been kidnapped, has been stolen, has been taken and left for dead. Right now in our generation, right now, the same thing is happening. Kids are being taken, being stolen, being robbed from our homes due to sex trafficking. Come on, I'm going there today. We got to wake up church. Babies are being torn apart and aborted. We as Christians, men and women, we got to go to the king. We got to do what this mama did. She knew immediately, that ain't my baby. That dead thing's not mine. I don't accept that. I know what my dream looks like. I know what my ministry looks like. I know what my child looks like. You took my kid. You took my baby. Come on. Don't let the enemy take from you and accept that. No, I'm going to go to the king. I'm going to tell on you. I'm going to take this to the king. We got to go to the master, not our counselor, not the pastor, not Facebook. Come on. We got to go to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We got to settle this matter once and for all. We got to trust that he knows the end result. He wants to give you back what Satan has taken from you. And you have to understand, we've got to protect what's been entrusted to us as the body of Christ. And we got to fight for our generation. My son, my daughter belongs to the Lord. Satan, you won't rob their destiny. You won't rob their future. You won't rob their calling. You won't rob their purpose. Fight. Our freedom will not be taken from us in America. As the church, we will stay undivided with liberty and justice for all. Satan, you will not come into the house and steal our future. Well, Cammie, you shouldn't bring politics in the pulpit. This is not political, it's scriptural. Thanks, babe. And I'm going to be honest, I'm tired of tippy-toeing around so I don't offend anybody. If God's called me the prophetess of the house, I'm going to prophesy and I'm going to give you scriptural. Political, get it out. I don't know enough about it. But I know what the Word says. And I know what He says about evil. And I know what He says about good. And I know when I see the evil coming in the house and I'm not accepting it. And I pray you don't either. We need to operate in the wisdom like Solomon. Woo! Because see, I can talk about the enemy all day, and that's what we do. Well, he took this from me, and I've got this health issue, and I'm my finances, and my marriage. Okay, okay. That's all. Amen? I just heard the Holy Spirit tell me something. Can I just say this? I'm going to just hit it. This is not about Biden. This is not about Trump. This is about the Holy Spirit. This is about the body of Christ. This is, this is spiritual. We don't deal with flesh and blood. Okay. But we got to operate in the wisdom like Solomon. Look what he did in this matter. King Solomon solved the division with his wisdom and caused the baby to be spared instead of cut in two. How did he do this? 
the king ordered his sword to be brought to him. Now hear this. And when the sword, it's my little bit of sword. When the sword was drawn, the truth came out. We must use our sword on the enemy. If you want to know the truth, use the sword on the sucker. You're going to have to draw your sword. You're going to have to pull your sword. You're going to have to get your sword out, which is the word. Because the word will expose the enemy and his lie every time. And the word will separate and divide the truth from a lie every time. When the king drew his sword, the truth came out. The truth was revealed. Oh, no, 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 my Lord. My Lord, don't kill. Don't kill my baby. Please just let her have the living child. Just don't kill him. And then the corrupt mom, no, go ahead, cut him in half. Go ahead, kill him. The truth came out. It is time to use your sword on the enemy because I sense in my spirit it's been in here too long. It ain't doing you no good in here. Take it out. Threaten the enemy. See, I don't understand this. We allow the enemy to threaten us and threaten us and talk to us. Get it out. You threaten him. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I just saw that in my head. (laughs) The sword of the Spirit is in your hand to divide and conquer and truth. Cut its head off. You got to cut its head off. It's still hissing at you. It's still making a sound. It's still rattling. Cut it off. Decapitate it. See, this is what I sense in my spirit. It's like David and Goliath. He knocked him down, but that wasn't good enough. And I think sometimes we might have to use the the, the enemy's own sword against him. Have you ever seen those scary movies and you think the person's dead and then when you walk past them, they grab their ankle? You know what I mean? And then you have to really go there and slaughter them. I promise I've not watched a scary movie in a long time. But this is the way, it's, it's very gory. The Bible was gory. You know, David could accept, ah, I just already knocked him down. He's good, we're good. But boy, it took a lot of boldness to go to the Goliath and take his own sword. And now it's on. Hey, Goliath. Hey, enemy. Your head is on my sword. Looky here. People, we got to come to that place. We got to decapitate this thing. Amen? And take its head off. It's the sword that will threaten your enemy and bring truth, bring a resolution, bring a solution. The word, the sword represents the word. We got to use the word on the enemy. You see, God's given you the word, but now you got to give the word. He's given it to you. Now you've got to use it. God is waiting on us to use his word that he's already given us. And when you use his word, his word will not return void. And he will watch over his word to perform it. And I love that. He never expected me to perform it. 
He said, Cammie, I'll watch over the Word and I'll perform it. It is the Word. We've all got a piece of paper that our pastor wrote. We've got that. You didn't write it. Well, somebody did. A pastor of some kind. We got to use the Word on the enemy. God will watch over our words and He will be the one to perform them. He watched over David that day. That Spirit came upon David to take down that giant. Now get this, once the sword was drawn, the real mom spoke up, but then look what she did next. She was willing to walk away from the child. It's when you can come to that place, I release it. I give up. I let it go. Keen, you deal with this. I'm out of here. I can't take matters in my own hands. I've done all I know to do. I walk away. That is when the baby was given back to her. Guys, we got to let this thing go. What is it that you're holding on to? What is it that you keep on going to the keen every day throughout the day over and over? And he's like, I heard you the first time. But until you let that thing go, When you release it, you'll receive it. When you release it, you'll receive it. When she said, no, let the the woman have the baby. I want it alive. I'd rather it alive than dead. I'd rather it alive than only have half of it and it's dead. That's when the king noticed her. Her reaction, her response, come on, her motive It was proven. It was proven. It was revealed. Our reaction, our response during the trial determines our fate. I want to bring closure to this message and end it on a good note. (laughs) In in, uh, Luke, the first chapter, and it's long, so I'm going to talk about it, okay? Is that all right? There is a similar passage because some of you may say, well, I don't understand, you know, I don't know about these two women in the house and who we allow in our house. And I just don't know if you know what you're talking about there, Cammie. I want to prove it to you. There's two women who were pregnant at the same time. Another story, almost identical. But something opposite happened. And they lived together. These women were not prostitutes, though. They were pure. And they were undivided unto God. One's name was Mary, and the other was Elizabeth. Mary lived with her cousin Elizabeth for three months when she was pregnant with Jesus. During Elizabeth's six-month of pregnancy. Now get this. And you know why Mary lived with her those three months? Elizabeth was scared. Elizabeth was frightened. Elizabeth was homebound, isolated, wouldn't leave her home the whole pregnancy because she could not feel the baby move within her. She could not feel John the Baptist. Some of you are homebound in here, in your soul. Oh, you might be sitting here today, but you're homebound in your soul. You are paralyzed in your thoughts. You're paralyzed in your own home homebound because nothing is moving. Nothing is happening. Nothing is working. And you're scared. 
hear this, but get this. When Mary entered into Elizabeth's house, what happened? The baby leaped like a sheep. <laughs> the baby came alive. Might have been Jesus' real first miracle. We won't know. Then, then Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit, and so was the baby. So you can tell me all day long, it doesn't matter who I, what company I keep and who's in my house. Really? Okay. It's important who you allow around and in your home. Because who I allow into my home can cause my baby to leap, can make my spirit leap, can take me to another level or take me down a level. Come on. And you have to understand, get this about Elizabeth, her own husband, Zachariah, whoo, he was silenced. The whole pregnancy, he could not speak. Can I tell you why? Because when the angel approached him and said, hey, your wife is going to conceive. She's going to carry a child. He's going to be similar to Elijah. He's going to be appointed and anointed. He doubted. He was negative. He was in fear. You know what that angel did? I'm going to silence you. Well, why would the angel do that? Because she knew. Well, I don't know if she was an angel, but maybe she was. She knew when Zechariah goes back into that home, he might speak a negative word to Elizabeth. I got to keep that baby alive. You ain't going to speak no word curse over my child. You're not going to speak negativity over this ministry. You're not going to speak negativity over my family. Oh, I'll send your word curse right back on you. It's scriptural. Are you hearing this? So here's Elizabeth pregnant, can't feel the baby move. Her husband silenced. He can't encourage her. She's all alone. I mean, have you ever been to that place? Your own mate can't even encourage you. Your own pastor can't even preach and minister to you. This thing on the inside of you feels dead. No movement. Not going forward, not even going backward. Just paused. Man. And then here comes Elizabeth with Jesus. And when Jesus walked into that room, everything changed. He wants to come into your house. He doesn't just want to live in your heart. He wants to meet your need and give you every dream because it's not even your dream. He put it in you. Will you let him walk into your room? Because when he walks into the room, everything changes. I feel for some of you, you're in your last trimester. Just like Elizabeth. You understand the last trimester is very important. God is about to assign the Holy Spirit to you. And here's why. Some of you have given up on the dream on the inside of you. Yeah. What God told you, you would be. Who God told you, you would be. And what you would do. And you're in fear. Because you don't feel that dream anymore. And you're wondering, is it dead and is it over? What if Elizabeth would have bought that lie? Whew. 
carry in. John the Baptist. You do understand it was John the Baptist that appointed Jesus. Had it not been for John the Baptist, Jesus wouldn't have been baptized. His ministry couldn't have started. Could it be right now that things seem dead and gone and not moving because you have history in you and this generation is depending on it? Keep the baby alive. Don't let it die we got to fight for our sons and daughters. We've got to fight for our prodigals. We can't sit back and accept it. God, who you said my son would be when he was in my womb and my daughter, they will be. There'll be nothing less and nothing more. They will not be opposite of who God chose them to be. We're going to have to fight as the church America, you will be who God intended you to be. Our founding forefathers will rise up. A house divided cannot stand. So we will not be divided as the church. Do you hear this word? I felt strong in my heart. It's on 1123. I want the praise team to come back. Because last night I was up here and I was praying over there for you and for this service. I got in my car. I began to go home and I heard the song, The Blessing. Such a travailing came over me. Such a weeping and a groaning. And it was an utterance of the Holy Spirit. It was not Cammy. And I began to weep and I began to pray over our nation and pray over America. And God said, you end with that song. Some of you, we're going to stand and we're going to declare war on the enemy. And we're going to receive the blessing and with our children and their children and their children. And our sons and our daughters are going to prophesy. And our young men are going to dream dreams and our old men are going to have visions. I even want to say this really quick because, yes, Holy Spirit, I hear him. You are watching online right now. Some of you women have already admitted and committed abortion. There is no condemnation. There are even some women in this house that you've committed, you've had an abortion. I know some of you. And I've seen your testimony. I've seen you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. And you have to know it has saved babies. If you are watching online right now, woman of God, young girl of God, you are of God, you're his daughter, and you are thinking about aborting the baby. Maybe mom and dad told you to. Maybe the boyfriend told you to. God is looking at you saying, you could have the John the Baptist on the inside of you. Don't abort it. And if you can't keep it, give it up for adoption. There is no condemnation. God wants to heal because I, I sense this in my spirit. Abortion will tear you apart. Grief will come in. Shame will come in. Condemnation will come in. God wants to heal that spot. We receive you and we love you. We don't condemn you as the body of Christ because to God a sin is a sin. Come on. He doesn't weigh the sin.
God's going to take this and turn it around for your good. It's not too late. You're not a lost cause. Tell your story. Tell your story. Amen? I just had to say that. Okay, the blessing. Praise team, I'm telling you, we're not performers. I want you to give your praise as if somebody's life depends on it because ours does. Guys, if you want to come down here, if you want to grab your child, if you want to grab your family, you got something on the inside of you. And the blessing is coming to our children, to our generation. We're going to praise. Amen? Amen. Lord, bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give Give us peace in America, O God, in our nation, O God, in our homes, O God. Lord bless you. We rise up in our worship. And keep you. We proclaim. Make his face shine upon you. And be gracious. To be gracious, O oh God. Lord, turn He's turning around. Face towards yes. you. And
speaking. Your family. Your family. Your children. Your children. And their children. Yes. And their children. Yes. May his favor be upon you. Go before us, Lord. A thousand generations coming up for God. We accept it. Children. We don't deny it. We give back our hope. We give back our nation. We give back our God. And the thousand generations. And your family. And your children. And your children. And your children. May his presence be upon you. And a thousand generations. And your family. And your children. And your children. And your children. May his presence go before you. And the 
more separation. No more warring with custody battles. Even someone in this house, there's a custody battle going on in the physical realm. Release the baby. Release the child. Release the children. And watch God move in your behalf. God's got them. God's got you. He wants them raised in a godly home. Satan, no more will you come after the children. The spirit of division, you stop now. Father, I thank you that we rise undivided as the body of Christ like never before. We don't get caught up in the division anymore. We heed this word. We submit to this word. And we get out our sword from this day forward. And we use it on the enemy like never before. Because the thing is, we're not the one fighting this war. We have a legion of ministering warring angels in the spiritual realm, fighting every principality and darkness on the earth. Thank you, God. If you are in this house today and you've never asked Jesus into your house, he's knocking on your door. He wants to come in. You feel the nudge within. You feel the conviction. It's the Holy Spirit prompting you and drawing you right now. Maybe you're on live and you're watching. If that is you, I just want you to raise your hand and I'll not embarrass you, but we'll say the prayer with you. Anybody in here that's undivided, I mean, you're divided. You're not saved. You want Jesus in your heart. If that is you, don't be ashamed. I won't embarrass you. Raise your hand. Every eye closed. Okay, we're all saved. Father, we seal this word. We seal this service. We'll go out, not the same. We've come in one way, but we're going to leave another way. Amen. Amen. Michaela, God says to you, he's proud of you. You are his chosen. He brought you here for a reason. In your surroundings, people are drawn to you. People always have been drawn to you. You are after the heart of God now like never before. It's not like your younger days, but God says you are great this day. You are so great this day. And many watch you. You have no idea those that are watching you. And because of your witness, and because you're not ashamed of me, you proclaim me even on social media. You are ministering to so many. You are planting seeds. You're praying about a family. You're praying about certain ones. And you, I mean, there's times it's frustrating. God, when am I going to see it? God wants you to know, daughter, you are planting those seeds. Now let my Holy Spirit water that seed, and you will see the harvest, and you will see the crop come up. I will give you the desires of your home. I will. For you and your family will serve the Lord. There's, there's mighty mantles that's going to come. It's a new beginning for you. You may say, but God, nobody in my family is ministers. You haven't seen anything yet. You are ministering in the way Jesus ministered. He never was inside of a building. He never was inside of a church. He was always out there. The prostitutes were drawn to him. The kids were drawn to him. The anointing's on you. Don't you doubt it. Don't let the past come at you. 
Don't let unworthiness ever lie to you. You are chosen and you are marked. You went through all that you went through. You made those choices. You did. Because God knew others would make those choices. And you can relate to them, daughter. You will set captives free. Woo! There's just an inner healing going on in the house. And we receive it. If you need to leave right now, you are released. Craig, God wants you to know, son, that you know what it's like to be divided in the home. You've lived that life. You had that life. Custody battle. Separated. Torn apart. Without. You're nothing like that, says God. You know that pain and you know that hurt. I have fathered you all these days. I have fathered you all these days. I am your dad, says the Lord. I am your dad. I'm your blood dad. And you are my son. And you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is why children are drawn to you. And son, I have put ministry deep on the inside of you. You might be a young pup, but God wants you to know when you look at your, Do your Doberman Pinscher, that's how I see you in the spirit. That's who you really are. You're not a young pup. You're not a young pup. You don't have to be raised in a Christian home to be who I want you to be. I've raised you, son, and I'm going to use it for thee. It's coming, says the Lord. for the anointing this is it and I'm done prodigals in the house prodigals in our homes prodigals in the cities we call them home in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name we call our sons and our daughters beloved they will be given the robe they will be given the prosperity they will be given the, the ring we accept you back into this house. We even have prodigals who have left this house. And we call you back in Jesus' name. We don't accept losing sheep. We're going to gain sheep in Jesus' name. They're in the pasture. They're unattended. And we call the flock in in Jesus' name. You know who they are. You know who the sheep are that need to be a part of this church. Brittany. You and your husband, look at that whole row. That's because of your investment. LaCrista, you started it. It's like a ripple effect. You two, you two are like evangelists in this community. None of them would have heard this had it not been for you. Come on, LaCrista, you hear that? Bring them in from the north, south, east, and west, God. We call them in. Amen? God, I love y'all. And I could just go on. All, that's what the anointing does. You are released and dismissed. Amen.